0: This edition of The Wellness Prescription is brought to you by Healthy Planet, your source to healthy living. Welcome everyone. This is the Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you all for joining me today. One in five Canadians experience a mental illness and it is the leading cause of disability in Canada. Mental illness can cut from 10 to 20 years off of a person's life expectancy. My conversation this week is with Raj Gurn, founder of Anoki Life, a BIPOC single mother. Raj, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me on, Claudia. I really appreciate it and you.
0: Oh, well, thank you so much. Actually, the appreciation comes from me to you. You have a very interesting story to share, a story that led you to your passion and was the motivation for creating Anoki Life. Can you please share with all of us? Absolutely, Claudia. Really,
1: the story starts from the beginning when I was born and brought up in England. Um, This was around the 70s. um, And This was a society that was very monochromatic. So everything outside of the home was white, and everything for want of a better way of describing it, um, and respectfully so, of course, and everything inside the home was brown. So what that meant was is that there were two versions of my identity that I had to I had to play out. Both of those oftentimes were bipolar opposites. So this then, of course, created a, a huge turmoil within me and you know that turmoil creates trauma. The trauma for me played out in so many different ways. Um, I felt that I wasn't being seen or heard or valued. The, the, the terms that we talk about today in pop culture were something that were very real for me when I was growing up. And then, you know, as I was trying to figure out who I needed to be, my parents decided that I was gonna have an arranged marriage. It wasn't something that I wanted for myself because what it meant was is that I needed to marry somebody that I didn't know in a country that I'd never visited. That brought me to Canada from the United Kingdom. So here for 10 years, I was married to this gentleman who, by the way, I I wanna kinda just say that he was the most incredible human. He dealt with all of the craziness that was me. He dealt with the barrage of luggage, for want of a better way of saying this, that was sitting on my shoulders from all the things that I felt that I was being made to do and be that didn't align with what was going on inside of my core being. So that led led 10 years later to a divorce and not one of those kicking and screaming dramatic divorces, but just a coming to a closure that I needed to move in a different direction to figure out myself because I was now a mother. I would have probably carried on being the way I was if I didn't have a child. That changed everything for me because I realized that now this is not about me anymore and I can't get that wrong. And I knew that I needed to figure me out in order to figure out how to be the best mom. That's where the
0: journey actually began for me. Amazing that you say that. And, you know, this story that you describe also led you to deal with depression and anxiety, all while being a new parent in a strange country that you weren't familiar with. So Let's talk a little bit about that.
1: I feel that it was um, partially learned behavior because, you know, my mother was also being born and brought up in India. She also came over as a bride to be married to a man she'd never met. And I saw all of the things play out with my mother, with the extended family, with a lot of the traumatic experiences that she had to face as someone that didn't speak the language, didn't know anything about the food, didn't know nothing about um, society and culture. I still knew coming from the United Kingdom to Canada that it was pretty similar. I was in the West. But with her, it was far more dramatic. And, and I saw her accept all of the trauma and all of the injustices. So this learned behavior for me was that I needed to do the same because if my mother can do it, having so much more to deal with than me, who am I allowing myself any kind of graces when I'm not dealing with even quarter of what she had to deal with to even think that I had the right to speak up or to feel that my trauma is something that I was
0: allowed to address You make a valid point. You came from the UK to Canada. You're still in the West. So there wasn't a lot of change. It was a kind of a smooth transition over. But you were battling the inner turmoil. Let's talk about that inner turmoil. How did you know that you needed something different and more out of your life? And it sounds like, you know, your relationship ended on somewhat good terms because it wasn't about the relationship. It was about what you needed and weren't feeling like your needs were being met. Absolutely. And those needs that we're talking about, Claudia, are not the needs um,
1: of a husband and wife. It was something very different from that. The husband and wife um, dynamic for me didn't even factor into what was going on with me because I felt that how can I belong to someone if I didn't even know who I was in in terms of an identity? And the other part of this, um, Claudia, was I always belonged to someone. I was someone's wife, Mother, daughter, sister. When was I ever me for me? And that me for me was the piece that was missing for me. I didn't know who she was. And I didn't know how to find her in the marriage. I tried for 10 years. This wasn't just you know, come into the marriage a couple of years later, I I gave up. 10 years is a long time to try things out. You're literally going from the early twenties when I got married to the other end of the twenties. And we all know that decade by decade, we become a different version of ourselves. I was still the version of myself at the end of my twenties that I was at the beginning of my twenties. Because I hadn't had the chance to explore who I actually needed to be. And I, I felt that I needed to figure it out on my own without belonging to anyone anymore.
0: Now I imagine 20 years ago there wasn't a lot of, you know, information, not many resources for first of all, somebody who was suffering from a mental illness and somebody in your situation. So single mother, you know, woman of you know ethnicity. That must have been another massive challenge and, you know, mountain for you to climb. When we talk about mental health, the biggest problem I find is that
1: people are highly uneducated and and there are so many different factions of it, so many different layers and levels of it, so many different lived experiences and even more symptoms that, you know, a person can face. I was BIPOC. I was woman. I was somebody that didn't have a um, degree in, you know the field that I eventually ended up going in, which was media. I had all of this limiting belief, this lack of confidence built into my DNA because of the culture and the experience I had in the culture. Now, I'm not saying that this is something that everyone has, but I do believe confidently that every single female, That is from a culture that isn't the main culture in a country is going to suffer more than anyone else. And that suffering then becomes more aggravated if you are then nurturing children. And that was the clincher for me. That's where I realized I can't have anyone get messed up because I messed up and because i'm not a- addressing the things i need to and the biggest part of this for me claudia was i didn't know where to go i couldn't speak to the family or friends because they would think oh my god what's wrong with you like you have you're married to a dentist you don't have to worry about money he like looks after you you know your parents have done everything to give you a better life than the life they had given you
0: and i guess that's where that sense of not being seen not being heard stems from is that you had nobody to turn to, to express your feelings and maybe talk things out and come up with solutions. So all of the choices that you made came from within yourself. 100%. I needed to find resources and it was interesting
1: because the one culture that I felt Uh, you know, had boxed me and caged me in. It was the very culture that I got solace from. I tapped more into spirituality, realized that it was the only religion in the world. And this is where it really happened for me, um, Claudia. I've never shared this, actually. So uh, I'm happy that we're having this conversation. It's the only religion I found that showcased and reveled in the empowerment of the divine feminine. It was the only culture that had goddesses that represented powerful figures. So I just went like head deep into who were these figures? What did they represent? What did they do? How did they deal with patriarchy? And that helped me because I adapted and I adopted some of their philosophies and realized that I can only be the goddess within if I allow myself permission to be so. So I said, that's what I am. This is the version of me that I'm comfortable with. They exist. They existed thousands of years ago. Why um, are they not existing today? I need to be that woman. That was a big part of why I started Anoki. I needed to create a platform where people felt welcomed as who they needed to be and were supported with resources to that end.
0: Is that how you develop this idea that community is where it all starts? Absolutely.
1: Community is where or the good, bad, and the ugly starts and finishes. It's just the way it is. And it's interesting because um, up until the last 100 years, the way we would live as thousands of years of the human race was as an extended family community. That's the the way that it worked because no one woman, no matter, I, I don't care who she is or what skills she has, there's no there's no any one woman that can do it all, that can do all the things that need to be done in, in the household and do all the things that need to be done outside of the house and to do all the things that need to be done to be um, looking after your self-care. It really does take community. And I really do feel that, In the last hundred years with the industrial revolution teaching us to live in these tiny little silos of you know nuclear families has done an injustice for women because now all the pressure of everything is on one woman and that's not even humanly possible for anyone to do we need to go back to that idea that the strength is from community and not being an island because the island is what causes a lot of the mental health issues that we are all facing today as an entire human race. It's the chronic pandemic that we live in, and that needs to be addressed.
0: The isolation that most people feel when the reality is we're all somewhat dealing with the same issues the same concerns the same fears the same worries and that's why i find it so fascinating and i'd like to spend a few minutes talking about your passion project anoki life let's talk about that tell everybody you know everything you can about it it is a
1: media and events company that is built around community it specifically services the gen x y z community because i feel not only are we dealing with community gender classism and all the other thing things that we know that we deal with as humans, we're also dealing with that intergenerational um, gap, which is the bridge that I feel that we need to be able to build between generations because a lot of the trauma and the mental um, challenges we have, I feel are, regardless of culture, faced also within that kind of gap between the cultures where we don't speak and talk and share and accept and acknowledge The identities that we're living in. So that was very important for me to do. So one part was the cultural element. Another part was the gender element. And then the other part was the intergenerational communication piece. And the way we do it is we have a a magazine blog. We have a social media community, a a robust e-community with a newsletter. And then we do these series of different types of events. This year is our 20th anniversary milestone. So we are honoring it with a series of three events in Toronto on June the 16th and 17th. It is open for the public. Just got to go to anoki 20com And it's really interesting because the three events that we're doing, Claudia, you're going to love this, are in honor of the three archangel goddesses from Hinduism that were the reason that I feel that my life was saved. And that I became the woman that is today, and I feel very empowered, very blessed, very honoured to be the version of me that I am today. And I like me. It's a lot of beautiful things that I feel that people that pe- that that people need to acknowledge um, within themselves, and whatever that is that they need to go and grapple and find, have the courage to do it. I feel it takes. I personally have realised, Claudia, that it takes more courage to stay in a place that doesn't serve you like i feel that it's it's it takes too much energy to be there like take the step take the leap take take that fear journey cuz because if you take the fear journey on the other end of it is going to be what you want because you can only do it by crossing that fear journey that fear bridge so to speak
0: I love that you said that you love who you are. When we come back, Anoki Life and CAMH partner up to raise awareness for mental health support programs and culturally adapted therapy. This is the Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Have a question for Dr. Claudia? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 105.9 The Region or email us info at 1059theregion.com. The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 105.9 The Region. Before the break, Raj shared her story with all of us. The difficulties she faced, the loneliness, as well as the feeling of not being seen or understood. But today, she is a woman who loves herself. And I'm so happy that you do. And I'm so proud. And I hope that we can help every woman feel the same way that you did. But after 20 years of Anoki Life, you've, you know, you founded, um, This amazing company. And now you've partnered up with CAMH. Let's talk about this. You partnered up with them. You have events coming up. I mean, this is just amazing. So let's get right into that.
1: I was very intentional about starting the 20 year campaigning in May because May is is, um, South Asian Heritage Month here in Canada it is also um, Mental Health Awareness Month. I couldn't think of a better way to pay back Cam H for what I feel they did to save my mother's life. My mother had a um, psychotic break and it really, it stemmed from, you know, all the things that she had to deal with as a woman, as the culture and all the things that we talked about earlier on in our conversation, that eventually that silence, that keeping it in, it manifested with with this kind of, you know, psychotic break. and. We didn't know what to do other than go take her to Cam H in um, Toronto, um, and you know, I have to tell you this: no signing papers, no red tape, no drama about why is she here. They took one look at her state, they took her right in. We dealt with all the other stuff afterwards. I've never experienced such a support system for mental health in my entire life. And I remember standing there that day when my mother walked away from me and I said to myself, one day I'm gonna pay this um, organization back for, for saving my mother's life. This is that day, 20 years of Anoki. It's the biggest landmark that we've ever faced. It couldn't be a better way for me to give back to CAMH, but to also create awareness for why mental health is so important, Claudia. And we've got to stop tabooing that topic. We deserve the best possible health. And health is not just physiological.
0: Being healthy is an all-encompassing word. It's the body, the mind, as well as the spirit. And when you're a person who's been in, uh, you know, a trauma for all those years, not being able to kind of climb out of your own skin and be who you want to be, that's where a lot of the mental health issues develop because you're you're constantly fighting this inner battle with yourself. When it comes to partnering up with CAMH, um, with Anoki Life and CAMH, what does that that mean? What does the partnership entail?
1: So basically what we're doing is, um, one part of it is we are creating awareness to normalize discussions around mental health within the South Asian community. So prominent South Asian personalities from across North America are giving us like a one minute to 90, um, second video where they are talking about what mental health means to them. And three tips, on what they do for their personal self-care mental health regime Um, the second part of this is during our events we are going to be doing some fundraising to also help with um, a specific therapy that is called culturally adaptive cognitive behavioral therapy so that's c-a-c-b-t the reason why this I feel is very important is that it is specifically been shown to support cultural mental health, because that layer of culture is something that most therapies, most modalities that are treating the various different forms of mental health challenges um, don't generally look at. This one does. So I want to get behind this because it's an even bigger problem within the South Asian community. And then times 10 within the women from our, our community.
0: Now, in the 20 years of Anoki life, have you noticed an improvement in you know, women facing these mental health challenges or feeling um, you know trapped? Or have we seen it increase? Because I imagine that it's not as popular anymore to have arranged marriages. It's not, um, you know, it's I, I feel like there are some women who can stand up against it Have you noticed an improvement or are we still dealing with the same levels and the same numbers?
1: Well, I feel that it kind of depends on the faction you're talking about. So if you're talking about the immigrant woman coming from the subcontinent to get married here, that's still going on. The other um, type of woman is the one that was born and brought up here. Her challenges are different, but let's not forget that the woman that was born and brought up here, a lot of them are on social media. So a lot of them are using, you know, social media to share their stories. The Insta poet, uh, Rupi Kaur, for example, her big claim to fame was these were the types of subjects that she talked about things that were culturally challenging as a woman and the amount of following she's one of many, um, the amount of following she got showed that there is a lot that of work that needs to be done. And and it speaks to a lot of people. I feel that it's not just um, culturally speaking, um, Claudia, because we all, you and I are very similar. We're from different cultures, but we could sit here and talk about all the different traumatic experiences we've had, and a lot of them would overlap, right? Motherhood, um, gender, um, limiting beliefs, right um feeling like we need to put everyone before we put ourselves as women regardless of culture that is still the case you we you know we still feel we need to put everyone before us because we're still being underlyingly
0: taught that that is the biggest challenge that we face as women aside from the cultural challenges that come about um we've we still are expected Um, and even ourselves expecting that we should be capable of doing it all, of doing, you know, doing everything the right way. I feel like it's a conversation that can open up to a whole world of, uh, you know, people and women and, um, you know, partners and everybody. When it comes to the family, now, you know, your parents didn't know any better. They just followed the quote unquote rules. How has your relationship through your knowledge, through your growth, through Anoki life, how has your relationship with your family and maybe family members who have remained in your situation, how has it changed or improved? Um, what What are the thoughts from your family members?
1: I spent a lot of my life blaming my father for the things that I saw going on with my mother. I felt that, you know, especially in the extended family scenario, because, you know, in those days the thought was that, that um, the woman comes to be a part of the family. So she has to give up everything and her identity and her family and all of that in order to be a part of this new family. So let's talk about how big that mental um, challenge is, right? And then the other part of this is, um, I felt that he wasn't there for her and he could have made things easier for her with his family. He being also a product of you know, the upbringing, and that the woman comes and becomes a part of it. And, you know, mental health wasn't even, you know, something that existed in those days. I spent a lot of decades blaming my father for everything that mother my mother went through because my mother for me was my hero. But then I had this dichotomy inside of myself, um, Claudia, because my father was just such a good dad, but I just thought he was such a not good husband and that was very difficult for me because any time I dealt with any kind of racism in school, for example, my dad was there. He was like marching into the you know, headmaster's room and demanding it be dealt with and that he will take his daughters out of the school and, and keep them at home until that's dealt with. We're going back to the mid-70s here when it wasn't even something people did. That was my dad. He was, he's, he's a hero. He's my hero. So how could he let my mother suffer? Because he didn't know any better. Today, my mother's health isn't well. My dad, he looks after her like he does not allow any harm to come to her. He will tell us off if he feels that we are being a little bit too harsh and impatient with her. So I feel that we need to also address this. A lot of men, And their challenges are not being talked about because men, even more than even more less than women, feel weak and vulnerable if they talk about their feelings. We do need to broach that topic too, because us as women, we're talking now. That door is opening, but I don't see that the door is really opening as
0: much for men.
1: Let's allyship that conversation as well.
0: That's a really good point. And you're right. Women are speaking up more. We are allowed to express our feelings, our concerns, and have them addressed for the most part. But men um, definitely are on a journey that, you know, immigrant men, um, they're on a journey themselves. And sometimes it's probably harder for them to express what they would have rather done or learned along the way when it comes to Anoki life, what does the future hold? We are talking about all these different things and you never know, maybe we can include, you can include, you know, resources for men and all that. So what do you foresee the future holding for Anoki?
1: You know, for us, the reason why I feel that we've lasted so long as such a tiny company that does big things is because we're always tapped into all of the changing dynamics that are occurring within our Community, we're always tapped into what their needs are, what isn't being met, how can we go and maybe be the bridge that can, you know, bring forth a two-way discussion between the outer world and the and and the inner world of what our culture is all about. You, we've seen in the last twenty years, Claudia, our community go from obscurity. Um, from a business entrepreneur and professional standpoint to dominating every single industry in the world today. Our people are sitting at the top of every single job. You see them in pop culture, in fashion, in arts and entertainment everywhere, right? So it's a very different world today than it was 20 years ago when we started. But the reason why we are still relevant is that we're here to tell the stories of our culture and our community and not tell them what they should be doing. So it's a very different way of thinking. Like when you look back um, in the traditional days of media, media would decide what you eat, what you wear, how you think, and who you are. Today, because of social media, social media has created an environment where there's access to the underbelly of what's happening in the culture, which has now become the big force to be reckoned with. So today, you know, people expect to be identified with if they're going to give you their time and their resources. And we've been tapped into that for 20 years. I believe that's a big part of why we're relevant today still with our community. We've gone from Gen X
0: to Gen Y, now to Gen Z. Raj, I cannot thank you enough for joining me today. If listeners want to learn more about you, about Anoki Life, or maybe attend uh, some of the events, where can they find you? Absolutely. I would just um, send you all to
1: our Instagram at Anoki Lifestyle. Everything you need to know about the event is there. Any way that you want to be able to um, grab tickets, there are links there that you can, guys can go to. And if you want to converse with us and want to get involved in any way, just send us an email at anoki 20 at anoki.life.com. Thank you so much for having me, Claudia. What a pleasure you are.
0: Thank you. Same to you. And you can always find me on Instagram at Claudia underscore Machiela or my website, ClaudiaMacchiella.com. That's my show for this week. If you missed it, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and of course, Audible. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you for listening. I hope this helps you live your best life. The Wellness Prescription was brought to you by Healthy Planet. Order online at HealthyPlanetCanada.com or go online to find a location nearest you.